Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Work Prince Magicians podcast. Uh, I'm your host Bilal, and joining me yet again is uh, Nicole. Welcome everyone. I'm really tired, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, w- um, we're literally recording this maybe an hour before the episode <laughs> airs. Yeah. yeah, we are very last minute. And you know what? This podcast will still go up as right after the episode finishes. Just yep. you wait. Yeah, we're actually coming to you guys live from Breakbill South because it's so cold outside. <laughs> Um, yeah, given what the snow was like earlier, it was surely like it. <laughs> yes, we're in Antarctica with our podcasting equipment. <laughs> I, I met a penguin earlier. What? Really? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> were, were there any penguins when, in that Magician's episode when they went down to Breakbill uh, I cannot remember. I don't the only think there thing were. I, no. The only thing I remember was their really cute sweaters which was weird like they had to wear a uniform (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we're back for the second episode of season four and nicole why don't you take it away in terms of what happens in this episode um yeah so we start off um with quentin and um the creature inhabiting elliot's body um, at a kind of like a abandoned, oh well, no, not abandoned, more like a temple ruin in Greece, and so, of course, they've magicked their way there, and interestingly enough, the creature Elliot asks Quentin to find him a pig, and when Quentin asks, well, why can't you just generate one? He essentially goes, um, you apparently there's something special with human sort of earned sacrifice and that it has to um for the for the actual like sacrificial animal thing to work there has to be human sweat on the pig so so hmm, yeah if you're wondering why god hasn't answered any of your prayers maybe work out then make a prayer and well you might have to like kill an animal too fyi oh no (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how Peter is gonna feel about that. Oh yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We don't endorse that. No. Yes, we're not endorsing anyone kill no. any animals. No, 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 no. Um, maybe, maybe like eat a gummy worm or something. Kind of gum- oh yeah, hey, gummy worm yeah. It's a, it's a worm-ish it's a animal. Yeah. Yeah. So at first, um, Brian slash Quentin doesn't want to do it because who wants to kill a little pig? But um, he kind of actually sort of stands up for himself and tells Creature Elliot, you know, just kill me because I'm done playing your games. I don't want to do this anymore. But um, Creature Elliot doesn't. And instead, like, I think he snaps his arm. Yeah, he, he like, moves a finger. Yeah. And next thing you know, uh, Quentin's arm just, like, it's bends. pretty, it's, 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 like, it's a it, very gruesome, like, yeah, it's, it's a very gruesome. And it's just, it just shows that Quentin slash Brian is in no position to uh, get himself away from Elliot mm-hmm. or the creature. It's I mean it, it's unnerving because like Elliot doesn't even flinch. He just does it. This. He just does it. It's like it, boop. yeah. I mean like Quentin might as well have said he was going to put some sprinkles on that pig because <laughs> that's how Elliot reacted. <laughs> Um, so eventually, um, Brian slash Quentin 
of course, can't stand the pain, so he goes into the forest and gets a pig. Um, well, the, the actually, no, 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 no. The yeah. arm break was after, sorry. It yeah. was, he goes to get the pig and didn't know that he was going to have to sacrifice it himself. And then Elliot breaks his arm. Yes. Yeah. And then but once, uh, once Quentin does, uh, you know, give in to the torture, he's like, you know, fine, I'll do it. Elliot just snaps it right back yeah, in place, like, and and it's not even like a nice little man. It's it's literally just as violent as oh yeah yeah uh, the snap that broke it. It just snaps right back, right back, exactly like Oof. that. Oof. Yeah. Ah, oh, God. Everyone's in for a world of hurt. <laughs> this season, it seems like, right? Yeah. yeah. And speaking of hurt, so um, we move back to. Um, yeah, just to, like our, just oh, to uh, uh, clarify a bit, we're going to be jumping around a bit in terms of like how we tackle these uh, characters in this episode because a lot of it was uh, split up in mm-hmm. very short segments. Like Alice might have had a total of like three minutes this entire episode, yeah. and uh, it'll splice throughout. So we might concentrate on certain parts, and then once we get to a certain point, we'll uh, swing back we'll around swing back, it, yeah. where it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but back to Marina, 23. I love Marina. She, she obviously proves that she's a vindictive badass in every timeline that she's in. But so she actually figures out who the group, um, who the group, well, who they actually are despite the spell not working. Um, so, you know, in the last episode, obviously there was a blowback and they didn't, she actually couldn't really see, I think, who they were. Um, but then, lo and behold, a sort of um, auto-trigger response happens from this from trying to break that spell, or at least sort of modify the spell to be able to take a peek. And uh, she gets a phone call from Fog, who tells her, um, I don't know who you are, but please don't mess with my spell, essentially. And she then puts, I think, I think she pretty much puts two and two together and realizes who these guys um, are, because Fog wouldn't just do this for anyone. Yeah, I mean, he literally set up a telemarketer mm-hmm. uh, response. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, hello, your social security number is under <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been breached. You need to call. <laughs> you need to send me a uh, $100 of iTunes gift cards <laughs> over the phone. <laughs> I actually kind of, I know someone who kind of fell for that. But I know. Yeah, th- yeah, it's ba- yeah. Guys, if anyone ever asks you to pay in gift cards, it's Don't a scam. Do it. Don't it's do it. It's never real. <laughs> it's terrible. Don't fall for that. You're all smarter. Um, But so... During that scene, she is then kind of able to figure out who um, specifically Penny is, which was kind of cool. And she ended up, I think she was looking for his traveler tattoo. Yeah. Right? And she was able to burn something off to actually visualize, to like sort of make that appear more. Yeah. So my take on it was that Fog put some sort of ward uh, mm-hmm. to stop it from working. Ah, and, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it was like a separate spell altogether because if I remember correctly, even when magic didn't work, uh, Penny was still able to travel. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's why so, he was still an asset to the library. Yeah, so even if so, even if uh, his spell's in place, I think with, as long as the tattoo 
was still there, he'd still be able to jump around, maybe by accident, <laughs> which would because like <laughs> which would be card, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it would throw you back to like season one, Penny, where he wasn't able to control control it. control mm-hmm. it, and he just end up in random places. So you could just imagine DJ DJ Hansel in the middle of a concert, <laughs> and just like next thing you know, he's he's playing for penguins there in Antarctica. <laughs> with us. Yeah. So um, with that word gone, like. Yeah, he's immediately able to start jumping around. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you noticed, like, while he was doing that, there was no blowback from... Oh, yeah. yeah. So that must be... Was that, like... It, it must be a separate... Yeah, I, that's, Completely that's, separate thing, right? That's that's what I imagine. Maybe they've touched upon this somewhere in the past. But. I mean, they kind of did when... Um, shoot. Um, you know when they were talking about magical creatures, wherein even though when magic, when the gods shut off magic last season, creatures still had um, like their own like abilities, the yeah, because yeah. it was part of their DNA. And so I think at some point I had thought about how um, travelers must have some kind of thing also in their DNA that still allows them to do it, even though magic itself was shut off. Right? That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. It'd be like, oh, they're part fairy. Huh. Ooh. And Margot's eye. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. hey, yeah, right. Yeah, That's why go. it was still working, kind of, in its own weird, colorful way. Um, speaking of, well, wait. So, was there anything else kind of interesting that happened in that episode? Or I mean, in that scene, apart from like them sort of going through more of um, the graphic novel, and then um, Marina. Uh, Kind of teaching Penny how to reuse that ability again. That was it, right? I can't that was think pretty of, much it. Yeah. I mean, there's the, the one part where Penny steps in their nachos. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's <laughs> which, Josh is I very mean, fronted. Yes, I mean I don't blame him. Just nachos can be very good comfort food. Yeah. Um. So let's jump to Margot being back in Fillory. <laughs> Poor Margot. <laughs> So she's still wandering around. She then stops by a lake um, to get a drink of water, and she hopes that it's vodka. But we finally meet the creature that's stalking her, and it turns out to be a Felorian freshwater god, who we call Lord Fresh. It's a lord. Oh, lord, yeah, you're right. Well, if he's a lord... does, so it doesn't necessarily mean that he's a magical creature, or he could be a magical creature, but yeah, just I, not god level, right? Yeah, I don't think he's god level. I think he okay. just might be a magical creature. So Lord Fresh is pretty cool, and yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I always like how they play with the names. <laughs> <laughs> he then um, kind of assures Margot and calls her um, Your Majesty. So he obviously knows that Margot is High King. And is aware that she's lost her memories um, and is sort of trying to protect her and kind of comforts her and says that, you know, down here, like, we're super warded, you should be okay. Um, And then he kind of proceeds to start telling her about her birthright box. It's some mysterious box that is meant for her but there was some kind of prophecy where first she would become high king and then she would lose her memories and then she would come back to essentially reclaim the box and something about her learning to rule and dictate alone yeah which you know what is really interesting because that i from what i can remember like i didn't actually get to read the last book in the magician's trilogy but i do kind of remember 
reading a part somewhere about it, like in a review where um, Margot does end up ruling in Fillory alone for a significant period of time. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I don't. It, uh, when I saw this scene, it makes me think we're up to or well, we're gonna see some sort of. Uh, time travel hijinks again because if this box is waiting for her in this exact yeah. scenario then somebody must have traveled through time yet again uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this series plays fast and loose with time mm-hmm. and just I mean we have what 40 timelines right now yep. and people from other timelines are now existing in other timelines pre- yeah. yeah so yeah I'm not I wouldn't be shocked to see if Margo sent stuff back for herself oh that would be interesting because yeah yeah, who else would know like how would this prophecy have been set up otherwise right yeah Yeah. Ah, interesting that's really good that's a really good point um so oh go ahead sadly yeah no but i'm just just, uh but like sadly like we don't get to find out what's in the box yeah it's just because when she tries to approach it the actual spell that fog spell is still in play and so the whole cavern starts to shake and lord fresh is like sorry you you gotta get out of here because it's actually it's his words aren't strong enough and uh the cave could collapse which is not good but he does send her along and tell her tells her how to get to her next destination which is white spire and he also packs her lunch. Oh, yeah, lunch. <laughs> Which is a fresh fish from uh, the river. I'm not sure how she's supposed to eat it because I don't think Margot is probably a camping the fish. type yeah, of camp- girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but she gets pretty lucky because, like, right after she gets picked up. Hey, but she actually manages to put it on, like, uh, a stick and was kind of like you know. Did she? Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure she had a campfire going. Oh, I think I missed that. <laughs> I, I might have just erased that from my memory. <laughs> Unless I'm imagining things, but I, I think I, you might be right. Okay. <laughs> um, All right. Do you want to jump to another group, or do you want to stick with Margot? Um, you know we can stick with Margot for now. I mean, okay. She ends up getting imprisoned in White Spire. And because she claims she's the high king, yeah, and of course she doesn't look like herself, so people don't believe her. Um, but then Tick and Fen come come by, and obviously kind of recognize certain characteristics like her sassiness, and you know they they kind of believe her a little bit at least, and especially because whenever you know they say anything sort of magic related. Like or her crap name. happen. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even her name. Like um mm. stuff starts to happen. Um she still Margot still doesn't really understand what's happening, but um we kind of find out some of the things that have that's been happening in Fillory. So largely it's the um opium saturation in the air, wherein it's had such a negative effect on certain people that, you know, it causes spontaneous dancing, but it also causes narcolepsy, wherein people just fall asleep at the most uh, random moments, and there have been a significant number of deaths. And so that could be also part of what triggered Ember's... um, uh, Ember's um, auto message. What do you think? Um, or I is think, it is it more the creature? You think? Too? I think it's more the creature okay. because mm-hmm. we quickly learn what's been going on soon after with um, 
when they go out mm-hmm. to find uh, because there's apparently trace fan and tick believe ember is back mm-hmm. and they haven't been able to locate him but he's kind of left like a trail of parties uh behind yeah they some Margot ends up wanting to help them just because she needs to find ember herself to get her memories back or at least that's what lord frush tells her i think right yeah and um so they have they go into kind of like their war room slash situation room and have a they have a map laid out and um margo realizes that ember quote unquote ember is heading um was it east or west i forget <laughs> one direction uh- I, f- I forgot what the direction yeah. was. And the next party spot is a tavern called... Was it the Hair and the Ass? I think that I, I was there. I think that, that... Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> so they um, head there next. And lo and behold, though, it is an ember. Who is it, Bilal, that appears at this party? I don't know. That dude looked like Ember, if you ask me. I was too busy dancing. <laughs> There's so, so much opium in there. Now, you couldn't help yourself. Out, yeah, I just couldn't help myself. Actually, it turns out it was Bacchus, you know, our favorite party god. Yeah, Bacchus, whom we last saw at some point last season, um, I think he had been the one telling... I think he was telling Quentin about Prometheus was the last time that we saw him, yes. right? Yeah. I think that yeah. was... Yeah. And, and then uh, I remember him telling Quentin to stop because they had to, in order to get to the party, they had to be cool enough and loose. And I think Quentin was too uptight. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great scene, though. What what was the song that they were singing? Oh, that's gonna bug me. <sighs> I I can't remember. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm, this is like gonna pop in my brain at some point tonight. But it, that was a good scene. Um, so, but it's it's kind of interesting because we, I'm pretty sure that number one, Bacchus definitely knew who the creature was in Black Spire, right? Oh yeah, yeah. the Bacchus looks like he didn't want anyone to recognize who, who he, he was. was exactly. So he is probably really hiding out in Fillory at this point, because if the creature is in Earth right now looking for gods then it's a pretty safe bet that it's better that you're not there yeah so uh and i just think if he keeps everyone intoxicated and talking about ember but like here's my thing if the creature is going after what looks like i'm not sure if he has a list of gods he's going Mm -hmm. after or if it's specific ones uh, because like, why wouldn't he go after Ember? Ember. But why would he? Yeah, yeah. But why he go after Bacchus? Bacchus yeah. And then a- Analias as well. Like, like wh- who's on his list? Like, we're gonna get Zeus. Like, is Zeus on his list? <laughs> you know, um, I-, I haven't done like I haven't done research on the god that Ember is quite based on, but you know, Bacchus of course is. Um, I'm gonna say Roman pantheon, and then Enelaus is Greek. Oh, yeah, got some Rick Riordan. Yeah, level of stuff going on there, <laughs> which is really cool, right? And then we've seen Hades in the underworld. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's her Wait, face? Have we seen Hades? Yeah, remember he was talking to? I think he was talking to Penny. Oh yes, in that's the right. underworld. That is yeah. right. And then Calypso last season, Prometheus, mm-hmm. Greek also. Um, shoot, what's her name? Uh, Our Lady. Our Lady Underground was actually, oh, what's her name? She was also Greek, I think. Ah, oh, 
Was she Persephone? She might have been Persephone. She might have been Persephone. Yeah. But that's, yeah, so I, I'm sure they're kind of mixing this a little bit, but, um, yeah, it'll be kind of... Yeah, Persephone. Yeah, it'll be kind of cool to find out if there are other sort of gods and other pantheons that will be brought in at some point, or... Um, who the creature is in relation to that too like is he some kind of you know sort of bastard son of like a number of gods like you know what i mean like yeah. you know there's so many so much mythology on how certain gods were created like hephaestus was like this um created by hera and like I forget if it was no not sweat but something like that <laughs> yeah i mean i, I forget there's was it Artemis that popped out of, of Zeus's, Zeus's brain? Uh, um, uh, no, uh, Athena. That was Athena. Athena. Yeah, yeah. There. yeah. Um, so I think that sort of does it for Margot for the moment. Do you want to switch over to Alice and how she's doing at the library? Um, yeah, right, but right before we do that, yeah. I just want to say it's super cool seeing that Fan was the acting high king. Oh, yeah, in, in the meantime. And like, how is Tick still all around? Did that guy, like, do a mutiny? <laughs> yeah. No, I was just thinking that, too. Part of me was like, wait, didn't he die? No, he didn't die. He's still alive. <laughs> yeah. Man, t- like, you gotta give it to Tick. He's resourceful if he's still around. Yeah, he's still around. I guess, you know, yeah. if he sucked up and, you know, decided to get into good graces of Fen. Um, although, it's it, it does look like Fen is doing a lot better after you know grieving for her child last season and she she is sort of really at least trying her best right to be a good leader so that is really cool yeah okay alice where did we leave alice so alice had a cockroach in her mouth oh yeah last last time yeah and uh zelda told her that you know join us like whenever you're ready take as much time as you need mm-hmm. but like you're pretty much gonna join us in the end <laughs> you have no real choice here <laughs> yeah you either stay in prison or you be my replacement daughter <laughs> um but so santa actually helps alice um like pretty significantly in this episode where he gives her a means to fi- to have magic and it's in the it's um it's actually available through those messaging tubes that run through their cells so alice is able to unscrew one of them and is able to fit her hand into the pipe into the glass pipe but it's really it's really uh, you know very very small tiny pipe and so she starts bleeding from it just because of jagged glass edge but she comes up with a plan and uses a spell to basically see through the cockroach and has the cockroach walk around the library trying to find some kind of exit point for them. And this happens in Zelda's office because Zelda's office has a fireplace. So uh, Nick then confirms with Alice that he can still escape through any fireplace, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and you know what? Alice became a cockroach, just like Kefka's metamorphosis. Exactly. You know what? <laughs> and you know, I it was my favorite part in that book when, after becoming a cockroach, the dude asked Santa if he could still escape from chimneys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 
by the way. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Is that true? Not, no, that's not in the book. But it'd be funny if it was. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I I forgot to research a metamorphosis uh last week, so I might have to do it to see where it's going. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, kids, if you're listening to this podcast, remember those books you read in high school because. Man, you never know. You're going to be on a podcast, you're going to have to call back to it one day. Or you'll be on Jeopardy if you're lucky enough. (laughs) And you don't want to get it wrong because some high schooler at home is sitting at the table watching Jeopardy with his family and be like, I know this! You just wasted (laughs) (laughs) $2,000! Sorry, that's my tangent on not remembering. (laughs) To read about metamorphosis. That's okay, I forgive you. Yes. But please, by next podcast, I expect you to have an answer. I'll do my yeah. homework. There you go. There you go. Or unless one of you readers out there, or not readers, you're not, you don't read a podcast. Well, if you read, you can read Nicole's review over at the work print. But um, if you're listening and you know, uh, if you know the story really well, shoot us an email at theworkprint at gmail.com. I want to know your thoughts. That's a really nice um, sly way of shameless plugging us in. Very nice. Yes. Of course, no, that, there's going to be more shameless plugging <laughs> towards the end. Okay, let's move on to Fog, who was kind of the star of this episode, I think. Yeah, though, uh, though I feel like it, everything... It's a slower episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I don't feel like the payoff fully works, but there is... It, there are a few beautiful moments mm-hmm. in all of it. Yeah. I I think, yeah, they kind of spent a significant amount of small chunks of time on Fog, wherein, you know, he, um, he keeps reiterating that he's not going to reverse the spell, and instead he starts to tie his own affairs, you know, everything from, like having Todd follow him all around campus while he dictates different parts of his life. You know, like, he grew up with his grandma. Um, He even, like, uh, he... What was that? Where he ended up going up to another professor, punching the professor, and saying, tell Jennifer goodbye. And we find out that he had an affair with his wife, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, And apparently that dude did not act admirably. Yeah. And then he <laughs> Which which yeah. is the which is the funny part because <laughs> Fog was the one having the Exactly. Exactly. Um and then he settles um money with his bookie. Uh what else? Um oh he leaves a very, very expensive bottle of alcohol with a professor whom he drank with twice. Yeah. And there were just so many sort of like little um fog quips that was so like it really showed you what his personality was where he was a high functioning alcoholic um he liked to gamble he had a lot of regrets in his life um, like i think in the end it also showed that he really liked being a teacher, teacher yeah 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 oh yeah like for that scene where um so todd ends up spilling the beans to kimber slash julia and there's a mo- there's a scene with Julia and Fog where wait have we explained what happened to Fog? <laughs> Didn't we do that? Oh no, not no, yet! Oh my gosh! No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not talking about what's happening with Fog. So yeah. Marie, okay, taking a step back, Marina uses Penny to travel into Fog's office, finds the potion that Fog used on the students, 
Then as Fogg enters his office later on, Marina injects him with the potion and basically tells him, you need to give me the antidote or else you're going to experience the exact same thing. So this is how Fogg ends up taking the moral high ground where he does not want to put his students at greater risk. So he ends up starting to take um get his affairs in order oh man i completely forgot that we didn't yeah, even talk uh, about that i was like i was like wait did we talk about it yeah but uh it, it's interesting to see like because it's that moment where fog is willing to give up his an entire, entire life his enti- yeah. entire life all his memories of who he is not knowing who he'll end up being mm-hmm. uh to protect these students and you know after coming off of last season uh, finale where kind of everyone screwed them over mm-hmm. after they saved magic it, it's, it's nice to see that maybe he's not as bad he was just trying to look for a way to save the one thing that mattered i guess maybe not mattered most to him but was what i mean like you remember when magic went away people were killing themselves magicians mm-hmm. didn't know what to do even like alice's parents were they were angry <laughs> uh, with each other. They they couldn't live their lives the way they wanted. They had to pay property tax because now the government knew uh, <laughs> that they own this the, house. And yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's pretty nice to see that Fog actually deep down does truly care for these people and is willing to put his life in front of you know throw away his life to protect him. Although I'm I'm trying to remember. Um what was Fogg's motivation for even um, having for for like arranging this deal with the library to begin with? Because I mean, had they turned magic back on without um, the library's interference, they wouldn't have to, you know, like essentially petition for magic, right? I think with the siphon in place, it can't be taken off. Uh, like it can't be shut down again? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it can be shut down again. I believe I believe that was the reasoning. So oh, because it siphoned everything. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, that makes sense. I, or it's, it's siphoning that, or it's it's that, or it's um, nobody has enough magic to do, to kill a god, which will get them in the, uh, everyone in that situation oh, again. Oh, okay. Well, that's true. I, yeah. It's probably the latter okay. on that one, because I can't imagine any god being like, oh no, the siphon, what are we going to do? Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a little siphon. It's like, oh, yeah. you little magicians. Um, but yeah, like, I really enjoyed kind of finding out more about Fog and like, sort of seeing... Um, his perspective after living for, through 40 timelines and like like you said for him to be willing to take such a drastic um change of like life for himself like that was actually very very cool so. all right but here's where the, the episode loses me mm-hmm. if he's willing to go this far to protect the kids then why the hell okay so in order to keep the spell going uh, I think Todd and Julia, or Kimber in this case, mm-hmm. quickly realized uh, it requires a lot of magic. Mm-hmm. And during one of the parties at the physical kid's house, the, the the magic gets turned off. But when they mention, I think, Julia's name or something involving the spell, uh, a bottle breaks. And so they realize that magic, this magic for the spell is coming from somewhere. And Todd lets it be known that... Uh, Fog was working on some sort of perpetual battery mm-hmm. 
to uh, and maybe he finally finished it. But Faga keeps it literally in a classroom in like a box that's oh, yeah. not even locked. It's like it's like come on, like if why you did you put keep... that in a safe, like a very yeah. very highly protected safe? You could have put it anywhere. You could put it in the library for all God knows oh, what. That's true. Although because I, I mean the spell worked in Fillory, mm-hmm. so oh yeah, so you could literally put it anywhere. anywhere. That's true. And they true. kept it locked away in the classroom, so it's just like come on. Um, so for me, like. Fog sacrifice kind of took a hit with that, but mm. he, but you know what? His intentions were good. Yeah, but do you think that maybe he secretly wanted them to figure out a way to shut it off? I mean, if he did, he didn't make it easy yeah. because Julia kind of kills herself like fifty times yeah. to do it, which is kind of my favorite part of this whole episode. Yeah, not only because. It goes to show that there is definitely still something very, very magical about her. And that my my sincere hope is that her goddess powers are actually still there. It might yeah. be severely drained, but it might take the whole season and like power back up, which I'm totally cool with. I just don't want it to go away because she's been through so much crap and really deserves to have something good. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree with you. But it also makes me question if she is also in danger, because our f- because once she uh, lets the spell, uh, oh, once she hmm. uh, stops. So Julia's plan is to overload the battery, mm-hmm. and by doing that, uh, by doing so, she just keeps on touching the battery over and over again, and it sends her flying across the room into the wall and breaks um, her neck every time. Yeah, like yeah, every time. So once she finally like when they finally overload the battery the spell breaks and everyone transforms back into their normal mm-hmm. bodies uh which causes a lot of confusion um for those involved uh but it's probably the worst for Quentin mm-hmm. because he is with the creature yep and yeah things are not good because Quentin's first reaction is to like fire off a spell and the creature's like, like, no, no, no. It's like, it's like, what are you doing? Like, are, are you really that <laughs> like, stupid? Like, come on. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> come on, Quentin. We know, we know you're the dumb one of the group, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah. Do you think that, um, do you think that Julia would be in trouble in the sense where the creature might sense the spark in her? I mean, he wants to kill all of them anyways, regardless, right? Um, but I wonder if... She, I don't think Julia would be strong enough to fight the creature anyways at this point, I'll think, right? I don't think... I'll put it this way. The gods are scared of him. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, so we quickly learn, like, towards the end of that episode... After the sacrifice was made by Quentin, the person that shows up is not Analias himself. It's uh, one of uh, it's, it's someone that works for him. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and the creature ends up killing him. Like, yeah. doesn't even think twice about it. Yeah, and like sticks uh, his hand in like his rib cage. Yeah. yeah, he's like looking for something within um, the servant. So we're not sure exactly what that is. Yeah, um, and even the creature himself doesn't know what it was that took them like all he says is it was the part of him that knew stuff and so i wonder if it's it was like kind of like a prophetic power that was too accurate i don't know a part of me is wondering if like if so if the gods created humanity 
a part of me wonders if like the creature was like a prototype that they Oof. messed up that's possible and like they took away and that I don't know what he would take they would have taken away but maybe just like enough to weaken him so he doesn't keep like learning or getting stronger mm-hmm. uh, but yeah he's on the hunt and as soon as the spell breaks um, I believe uh, Quentin says you know like you know after he k- gets back everything he wants uh, could he let Elliot go and, and the creature flips his shit almost yeah he's like he tried to kill me along with the rest like, of what's your wrong friends. with you yeah so it things are not looking good and he's just like and the creature like gets angry he's like he's gonna just kill them all yeah. like all the gods pretty much his friends um and probably even him too at this yeah point. yeah but like he wants to play with quentin uh and quentin does not is not happy um but because the spell is now broken the creature can find them super n- quick yeah yep and he teleports to marina's place and you know everyone's kind of getting situated back in their bodies mm-hmm. they realize you know that well, who was there it's katie it's todd it's josh it's, uh, not todd uh josh i was because i was so confused josh uh, yeah uh, penny and that's it because since margo's still in fillery yeah yeah and josh is like really ecstatic c- to see both quentin and elliot and then Quentin quickly rushes over. Yeah. He's like, uh, "That's not. Yeah. <laughs> that's not Elliot." Yeah. Although, and, actually, sorry, I just remembered. Um, Bacchus actually sends Margot back to New York. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is right. After she confronts him, um, and she's basically like, "Why are you here?" And he's like, "Well, I'm gonna. You want to be at Earth, right? Okay, bye bye." <laughs> yeah. So. so- I, I don't think she's back in the apartment, no, yeah. per se, mm-hmm. but she's back in New York. Yeah. Uh, or we assume somewhere on Earth. Uh, I'm just going to say New York because that just makes the things easier. Um, yeah, but yeah, Elliot, Elliot creature shows up and is pretty much like, yeah, I'm not here to play. <laughs> I'm here to kill. <laughs> yes. He's pissed. He's ready to kill. So, and the episode ends. So, it it's like, it's a slow, It's for me, it was like a slower episode. It's like a more of a slow burn, but um, it, things ramp up towards the end, especially with Margot and Fillory, Bacchus, uh, the sacrifice mm-hmm. uh, with Quentin and then Elias. Uh, the Fox stuff was good, but, you know, I said my piece on that. I will say that, too, like, I know we were chatting a, a little bit earlier before we started recording the podcast, how um, Fog, so Fog... Um, to take a step back for a second ends up um, being turned by Marina into a into her dad who is homeless and begging for money um, so it was really because there's also a scene when Fog kind of says goodbye to his tailor and you know she kind of comments how oh he uses his suits as armor and w- which is actually pretty true that he's always such a snappy dresser And now that he is probably, like, the opposite of what he would always want to portray himself as, you know, being, like, a homeless, um, penniless person, that would have been really interesting to see if he had endured that for a little bit longer. But because the spell got broken by the end of the episode, we only really see him in uh, kind of experiencing that in one scene, right? 
Yeah. Although I I wonder too if so I guess it's the person who injects the the potion who gets to say or dictate what kind of personality the the receiving end gets, right? Because Marina was the one who yeah who created which this new it, persona, yeah. which is which. Yeah, the rules aren't really solidified on that, but I that's what I assumed out of it. But even that little sort of nugget of like where we find out that um, Marina's dad was like that kind of shows that she herself has a richer backstory and she probably end up being it, sort of being the way she is because of trouble in the family, right? Yeah, but like, you, you know, there are slight variations mm-hmm. to all the different timelines, yeah. so I'm surprised. Uh, maybe because like, if you think about it, the characters that everyone ends up becoming aren't real characters. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah, maybe it's the timeline for uh, 23 version mm-hmm. of her dad. Her dad, yeah. That, that's true. Yeah. Yep, that's true. So, I kind of agree with you that it would have been nice to sort of have a more um, satisfying payoff for Fogg's um, storyline in this episode. Because. But there was. There, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but there's great character moments. Yes, there definitely though. are. There yeah. definitely are. And I, for one, would have really liked to see the, that memoir that Todd was writing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the final pages yeah. of that. Um, I think uh, I love seeing both uh, Quentin and Elliot together. I, even just like once Quentin gets his memories back, mm-hmm. uh, the creature is just like resting his head. Yeah. Oh um, my gosh. Quentin. Yeah, with like a and flower. It, <laughs> like, uh, put, I. I could just watch an entire spinoff of just those two. To, uh, you know, we got an entire episode of that last season with them growing <gasps> little together. Oh, that was such a good yeah. episode. So, any more of those two together in scenes, I'll take. And it's not even like a shipping thing. It's just they work so yeah. well off each other. Yeah, they have like, both really good character chemistry yeah. together. Yeah. Hale Appleman deserves his Emmy nomination. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> and... Here's another shameless plug. We actually have video on our YouTube channel where uh, Hale Appleman does a really great rendition of Quentin that he did at New York Comic Con la- like two years ago. It was actually really good. Oh, I have to. I don't think I've seen this. What? Video. I'm sad, Bilal. I'm very sad. <laughs> you know, Comic Con is such a busy time. If I'm not in the press room, I probably don't remember. It. Um, well, you can watch it on our YouTube channel. There you go. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, um, but quick tease: next week's episode. Ooh, bonkers. it's so good. It's really so good. good. Uh, I, like when we started doing this podcast last week, all I wanted to talk about was episode three. Um, so I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on it and just see the reactions it's it's a good one yeah and i think too like what um what's been really really great of uh regarding the magicians even throughout you know all these uh, all three seasons and now season four is that they have the ability a lot of times to create very very different tones per episode wherein you know one is a musical and one you know is like a bank heist and then one is something else and this next episode is very much in that tone where it's it's really different i think from sort of other episodes that we've seen so far but that's what makes it really fun yeah yeah and i think i think what makes the 
series really stand out is like from episode to episode it can just change the yeah status quo. i yeah. mean like i mean last season like they killed off a character and then brought him back in a different version so, <laughs> yeah just like and they done it with multiple characters uh-huh. not just one so it, it's a lot of fun yeah uh, definitely and i my hopes are riding high for the season um still glad it's renewed don't have to worry about that uh, but yeah, I think unless you have anything else, that wraps up. I think that's all my it stuff. for um, for this episode at least. Yeah. Um, so you guys can follow us over at theworkprint.com, mm-hmm. where Nicole will be covering uh, the reviews. Uh, try to do it weekly. I know you're on vacation for a few. Oh yeah, I'm on vacation week. soon. Next, <laughs> yeah, so you'll be on vacation. Um, I may so. miss one or two. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, oh, it reviews, but if we get screeners ahead of time, yeah. we might... We'll try to do it the podcast, at least, yeah. yeah. We'll do those earlier, and then instead of right before the episode ends... Yeah, we'll release <laughs> and, it, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can also follow us over at the Twitter, at uh, Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. YouTube, at the work At the WorkPrint. Um, and Nicole, where can people follow you? Um, you can follow me on Twitter under n and yourself uh they can follow me at Bilal underscore mia and if you guys have any questions comments or just want to write in uh you can always shoot us an email uh over at theworkprint at gmail.com and in the subject just put magicians podcast or any of the other stuff um we have a few other podcasts on the feed over at itunes um we do a games cast uh i don't think we found time to do more of a deadly class more deadly class um situation's a bit different on that one uh but i'll see what christian's schedule is like and maybe we can revisit that and uh we also have a sister podcast super trash oh yes from jen and Alyssa, mm-hmm. where they cover uh supergirl right now i think legends comes back uh, legends of tomorrow uh, comes back in April so definitely give that a follow and a listen and as always uh, like, subscribe, comment l- any rating helps uh, even if you want to give me a one star <laughs> don't like please don't do it but like <laughs> if you want it's better than nothing I'll get your honest feedback that way um, but uh, yeah it's until next time guys thank you very much for listening yeah. And we'll be back next week, hopefully. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.